שבת שלום. So thank you all for having me here today. Uh, and um, I'd like to thank Cantor uh, Marsha and Cantor Arik also for, uh, for singing here with me and for having me. And uh, thank you so much to Rabbis Jonathan and Beth Singer and to the whole clergy and staff and to the amazing band. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and, um, and I want to say uh, a few words about Israel, because yesterday we celebrated 74 uh, Israel's 74th birthday. <laughs> and uh, I know, I want to just say, I know I might sound American, but don't be fooled. I lived in Israel for, for about the last 30 years. And uh, so, um, you know, I sound American, but I've been living there for a while, so take that into account if there's some, you know, I don't know, some mistakes or things like that. Uh, someone told me once that Israel is an electrified third rail in synagogues and Jewish communities. And that it's hard for clergy to talk about Israel because of so much polarization and upset. Uh, well, it's a good thing I'm here because Israel is what I'm going to talk about today. So I hope that's okay with everybody. And uh, um, I'm going to dip my toes and maybe feet even into, uh, into a few things here. And, um, Maybe I'll spend a more positive, uh, positive note at the end. We'll see. Uh, so last year, my, uh, last year, around this time, my wife, uh, Rebecca, was very pregnant with our, with our daughter, Lily, who uh, they're in San Francisco. She's not feeling so well, so she's not here today. But um, she was, uh, yeah, at that time, she was very pregnant. And uh, bombs were flying ov over us in Israel uh, from Gaza to Tel Aviv. And we found ourselves in our very old apartment building hallway every few hours, listening in quiet terror as the Iron Dome intercepted missiles right, right above our heads. Uh, yes, we knew rationally that the dome would likely protect us. And yes, just 10 minutes away, a missile struck an apartment building in Ramat Gan, killing a man who couldn't get out his door fast enough. So likely, okay wasn't feeling so okay after all. And one strong memory I have uh, was uh, daily Instagram stories, Instagram stories of my wife's uh, good friend in the States, who he was posting hourly memes about how Palestinian people have the right to defend themselves. So this is just uh, is a just cause on their part. Um, and after a few days of this, I wrote to him. I wrote that usually I would agree with a lot of the things that he's posting, but right now, your very pregnant close friend is stuck in the hallway every night, not sleeping, and maybe you should ask how she's doing. Um, and he immediately apologized and uh, told me that he was so caught up in everything that he forgot about his friend, and immediately reached out to see how she was doing. Uh, you see, he got so caught up in the politics that he forgot about his friends. He forgot that there are people behind every meme and let me state here that both sides have suffered and are suffering. Comparative suffering is a dangerous game to play, and I don't think it's useful. I can't speak to the suffering of the average uh, person in Gaza, and this isn't my lived experience. I do believe we shouldn't look away, but rather accept there are many, that many things can be true at once, including real suffering on both sides. 
This week's Torah portion, Parashat Kedoshim, has in my mind one of the most important sentences in the Torah. Right before the words, you shall love your neighbor as you would yourself, it reads a sentence that I love. It says, which means, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. Reprove your brother, or prove him wrong, and don't carry this burden. And I always ask uh, B mitzvah students uh, that I teach this portion to, I ask them, how can God tell us not to feel an emotion? How can God tell us not to hate, for instance? Uh, can God control our emotions? So we come to the conclusion that God says to not hate in our heart, to not harbor hatred, to not begrudge. And this is a much more powerful suggestion in my mind, uh, and to just not hating in general. Uh, don't keep it in. Don't keep it inside. That's what the recommendation is. And we can't, we cannot and should not harbor anger or hatred in our hearts. It's a mitzvah to go to your brother or to sister or neighbor uh, or anyone you might have something to say and say it. Let it out. I don't think this means tell your friend uh, if you don't like the color of their uh, shirt or something like that, yeah? Uh, but the words hochech tochiach mean prove to them. Make an effort. Show them you care. And I'm here to tell you there are many people who care in Israel, too, and who are mad, too, and are not happy with the way things are, a lot of them. Uh, one is a good friend of mine, uh, the first Reform rabbi in the Knesset and now in the government, really a visionary person. His name is Rabbi Gilad Kariv, and he's finally making a difference in Jewish pluralism in Israel. Why can't we speak up and say what's in our mind? Isn't that the real sign of love? My wife tells me she argues, argues with me because she respects me. <laughs> I think this means she wants to challenge me, to push me. If I have things to say about how America handles certain things, does that make me anti-American? If I have things to say that are critical, does it mean I love Israel any less? Have we lost our love? I don't think we have. We've just forgotten, maybe, how to talk to each other, how to communicate. We need to remind ourselves to strive to speak from love, to communicate better. We need to see each other, to really see each other. We have to get to know each other more. For instance, 20 years ago, you could count the amount of reform communities on one hand in Israel. But today, there are 53 reform communities. Uh, by the way, our Torah portion gives us another option. If we have lost our love and have become strangers, love the stranger. That's what our Torah portion says. Love the stranger. For you were strangers in Egypt. Have we become so apart that we're strangers? By not talking about Israel, we're missing out. Both sides are. Jews in the United States are missing all of the wonderful things Israel has to offer, like the sense of home for the Jewish people. And Israelis are missing out because they don't get to see what it can truly look like to feel that there are many ways to, to be Jewish, and none of them is owned by the government. So what can we do? How can we reprove our brothers and sisters? First of all, personal connections. Get to know your sister communities better. Get coffee. Go on Zoom. Uh, don't judge too quickly. Read all points of view. Read Haaretz newspaper, for instance. 
uh, to get a better, more, um, I don't know, like more of a New York Times kind of uh, point of view on the situation. Uh, read about the growing reform movement in Israel. If anyone donates to Israel, make sure uh, it's going to pluralistic, humanistic, and egalitarian causes. A strong pluralistic presence in Israel makes for a better place, a better Israel. And um, I was going to, Rabbi, I was going to read Anat Hoffman, Hoffman's prayer as well. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> should I? Should I read it again? Because uh, <laughs> uh, Anat, Anat Hoffman, uh, who she, uh, she's the chair, chairwoman of uh, Women of the Wall, and uh, an amazing, amazing cause uh, that strives for a more pluralistic uh, Israel. Uh, she writes, I'm going to read one, I'm going to read one line from it. Uh, Rabbi, I read this before, and it says, um, give hope for Israel and her future. Renew our wonder of the miracle of the Jewish state. And uh, if there's one uh, message I'd like to say is that uh, we can and should renew that. And, um, and uh, thank you all very much for listening, and Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>